You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek podcast. This episode presented by Youth and Young Adults Minister, Kirk McKenzie. Hey all, um, I'm Jack Joinson, I'm one of the volunteers here at St. John's. Uh, I'm going to be bringing you the Bible reading today. Uh, it's John 14, 25 to 31. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Do not li- uh, I do not give to you as the world gives. I do, not, do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. You have heard me say, I am going away, and I am coming back to you. If you love me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the Prince of this world is coming. He has no hold of me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. Well, I'd like to start my talk today by discussing my intense dislike for exams. Who's with me? Thank you, one person. But I'm sure when you're watching there at home or wherever you're watching, many of you will agree with me that exams do suck. I know some of you do like exams and I'm sure you know that you are weird and definitely in the minority. We still love you. It's still great to have you watching. Uh, But most of us agree that exams are horrible things and there's so many reasons why they are bad. They create a whole lot of stress, they create a whole lot of pressure um, and we just generally don't want them in our life. Now, I do have to concede that some exams do serve a useful purpose because they do train you uh, and prepare you for a real life situation you might have to face. So for example, if you need to learn, say, how to give a patient the correct medication in the correct dose, in the correct way, then it's good to have an exam that tests that you know how to do that because it puts you in a pressure situation that's very similar to the real world situation that you're gonna face. So as much as it can be a stressful situation, at least it's gonna be useful for your real life future. But a lot of exams really have no connection with real life at all. Particularly the sort of exams that I did as I first studied sort of in the media area early on, and then as I prepared for church work in the theology area. Most of the exams that I found myself in were basically sit in a room for two hours and punch out three essays as fast as possible. And the discussion that happened at the end of pretty much every single exam that we walked out of was, what was the point of that? What? at any point in our life, uh, will we ever need to be able to recall that amount of dates and names and outlines? When will we need to recall that type of information at the drop of a hat without having to look it up or get back to people later uh, in those types of circumstances? 
It's never going to be required in a real life situation. And of course, we discuss this with our teachers and they give us some hard, half-hearted sort of reasons why this was a useful way to assess us. And of course, we all knew they were talking absolute rubbish. <laughs> the reality is that when you're preparing for those sort of exams, it really did feel like you were pushing information, a lot of information into one, in one side of your brain. And it really did feel like you were pushing out actual useful information that you might need in day-to-day -day life out the other side. Just accumulating knowledge for no particularly good purpose. And we know that just getting knowledge doesn't necessarily make life better. The internet's proved this to us. We now have at our fingertips more knowledge than the human race has ever had in the history of our existence as a species. Has that fixed all our problems? No. In fact, it's we've managed to create a whole bunch of new ones. Now, can information be useful in real life? Of course. Can knowledge make our life better if put to good use? Absolutely. But simply getting knowledge doesn't automatically make life better. And so today, in this talk, I want to talk about learning as a spiritual exercise. Not just learning as an intellectual thing, not just learning as an academic exercise, but as a spiritual exercise. Because in our Bible reading today, Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit. And he said, and every word in our Bible reading today was the words of Jesus. That was all Jesus speaking. And he said that the Spirit is going to teach, it's going to teach us, and going to remind us of the things that Jesus had taught his disciples. Uh, and we're going to particularly focus on verse 26 today. See, the passage that we had read for us uh, comes at the end of a long conversation that Jesus was having his disciples, preparing them for when Jesus wasn't going to be with them anymore. Um, Jesus was going to die and then rise again. And then he, wasn't, he said, I'm going to head off to heaven. I'm not going to be around in my body hanging out with you guys anymore. I'm still going to be with you, but I'm not going to be with you in body. I'm going to be with you in spirit. And so that's the way that he's going to help his disciples, he's going to help his followers to continue to follow Jesus, to continue to live the way of Jesus, is to send his spirit to be with them and to help them to, do, to continue to follow him. It's not by setting up a curriculum, you know, a series of subjects that they need to go through. He's not going to help them by setting up some sort of school system or a university that they can study at. He's not going to give them a series of textbooks that they need to work through in order to be able to follow Jesus. He's sending them his spirit. And so we are going to focus in particular on verse 26 today. If you do have a Bible with you, I encourage you to um, keep it open in front of you so that we can look back at that verse together. There's a bunch of interesting things that Jesus says in today's passage. Uh, and we could look at all sorts of interesting topics based on today's passage. But our series that we're teaching in at the moment is particularly focused on what the author, whose name is John, said about the Spirit. So that's why I'm particularly focusing in on verse 26, because that's where the meat of his teaching on the Spirit is in today's passage. So let me read it to you again, uh, um, and we'll get stuck into it. Jesus said, The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, 
whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Now, when Jesus says something like, the Spirit will teach you all things, that's when I get my skeptic hat on and I go, really, Jesus, all things? Like, the Spirit's going to teach us all the things? You know, like, I've had a lifelong dream to be an astronaut. Is the Spirit going to teach me all the astrophysics stuff that I need in order to do that? Or what about, is the, is the Spirit going to answer all my questions? Because uh, I've got all the, those, those weird questions that pop up every now and then. Like, is the, is the Spirit going to teach me about the Facebook algorithms and why it keeps, Facebook keeps pushing ads on me for Christian singles, uh, sort of, you know, uh, dating sites and ab crunches? Yeah, why, why am I always getting ads from that Facebook? Do, is the Holy Spirit going to help me out on that? Or what about belly button fluff? and why it's always dark blue. Even if I'm not wearing a single piece of blue clothing, it's always dark blue. Is the Holy Spirit going to help me to answer all these trivial questions? Is it going to help, me, is it going to help you with your test that you've got coming up this week, VCE uh, students? Really, Holy Spirit, help me with all, understand all the things, teach me all the things? Well, no. We need to pay particular attention to the text, and we'll see that... It's not so much all things ever about any topic that ever comes up. It's specifically all the things to do with following the way of Jesus. Everything that the disciples will need to continue to follow Jesus, that is what the Spirit is going to teach them. That's the role of the Spirit. And actually, if we look further on in the Bible, if you continue on and you have to read the book of Acts, the book of Acts is like a, a history of what happened to the disciples after Jesus was no longer with them, at least in his body. And we see that that's actually what happened. And that the disciples learned things about how to be followers of Jesus that Jesus hadn't specifically taught them while he was with them. They didn't learn things that were completely opposite to what Jesus taught them, you know, that were just a completely different type of uh, faith but they went deeper in their understanding of what it means to be a Christian uh, as they set up the church and, and it was the Holy Spirit that taught them these things. And it's very similar for us today. Now we are, uh, because of geography and because of time, we are much more separated from Jesus uh, than those original disciples. So when it says in verse 26 that, the Spirit will remind the disciples of Jesus' teaching. For them, of course, it would be, oh, I'm being reminded of that conversation I actually had with Jesus. That time we were down the beach or the time we were in that particular city or that time we heard Jesus give that talk on that particular topic. Now, we, of course, weren't there with Jesus at the time. But we do have a lot of those conversations and a lot of that teaching written down for us by the people who were there. And that's why we have the Bible. So when the Spirit reminds us of Jesus' teaching, uh, we uh, have the advantage of having the Bible for us. So we're reminding us of what those original followers of Jesus wrote down for us. But of course, the Spirit continues to teach us more about that and take us deeper. So let me give you an example of how that might work. There is always going to be a continuity, a continued unity between what the Spirit teaches and what Jesus taught. So, one of Jesus' most famous teachings is, of course, uh, the, the second greatest commandment, to love your neighbour 
as yourself. And this has been a very important, this was really important to me growing up as I started to understand what it meant to follow Jesus because it made sense and it's, it's a world-changing sort of teaching of Jesus. And so, okay, love your neighbour, love the people around you. Okay, I get it, Jesus, great, fantastic. How specifically should I do that? You know, I've got plenty of neighbours, you know, I've got the people I work with or the people that I go to school with. Uh, I've got friends, I've got the people who live in my street. Um, how, do I, how do I love each of these people? Because some of them I get along well with, some of them I know well, some of them I don't. Some of them I don't particularly approve of the way they live or the things that they say to me. So how do I love each of these people? I know that I should, but how? And if I look in the Bible, I can get a few tips from the teaching of Jesus but I feel like I, I could do with a bit more detail, a bit more depth. That's where the Spirit comes in. That's where the Spirit who comes and lives in, in each follower of Jesus can help us to understand how we can take that teaching of Jesus and apply it in more depth in our lives. I, I've got so many examples of this in my life. Let me give you one example. I was in a particularly intense situation quite a traumatic situation actually um, once and there was one lady who was not responding very well to the situation um, she was acting quite bizarrely quite irrationally and not treating people very well around her um, treating some no she wasn't treating me badly but some of her some of my friends she was treating badly and some of her family she wasn't treating very well and just generally making the situation quite difficult. And it's the sort of thing where you felt like maybe I should intervene, I want to kind of protect my friends, I want to protect the people that I felt like maybe she wasn't treating very well. How do you love a person when they're in that situation? They're clearly traumatised, terrible situation that they find themselves in, but also not approving of the way that they're responding. I had no idea. I was not smart enough to respond well to that particular situation. I had no particular experience in how to respond well in that sort of situation. Um, others may have better experience in that and have some wisdom, I didn't. But I did feel that the Holy Spirit helped me out at that point. That they actually, I genuinely felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me at that point. Not audibly in the way you might hear me speaking now, but certainly that the voice of God was present in my head that's the best way i can describe it and what i felt that the holy spirit was telling me was here's the way to love this person is all she needs from you right now is grace grace is undeserved love i just felt like god was saying to me she's not doing anything to deserve love at the moment what she's doing is not great you don't have to give her a tick of approval and say keep it up you're doing good things but she doesn't need to be told off she's going through a traumatic situation all she needs from you right now is undeserved love. And so that's what I tried to offer. I shared that with a couple of Christians that I was with. That's what we tried to do. And that did seem to go quite well. It wasn't a perfect situation by any means, but that did seem to be the right way to respond and to be loving in that particular situation. I believe that was the Spirit helping me to apply the teaching of Jesus in that difficult, tricky situation. 
Um, so many other times I've felt similar things where the Spirit has helped me to be, to, to love my neighbour um, in various situations where if I went to the Bible, we wouldn't have that sort of specific teaching. Um, but the Spirit's helped me to go deeper with that original teaching of Jesus. You could think of other examples. Jesus didn't give specific teaching on how to respond to a global pandemic. There's some really useful teaching in here uh, that I've been turning to during this pandemic, which has helped me to respond. But of course, there's no specific details on what you should do and how you should feel and what you should say if the government goes to stage four restrictions. So we need the Holy Spirit's help uh, to navigate these particular scenarios that we find ourselves in. Jesus, of course, was living in a time where the internet didn't exist. And of course, the internet keeps changing anyway and throwing new challenges at us. So there's no specific teaching on how to handle all these new challenges that the internet presents us. So again, we can turn to the Holy Spirit and go, okay, we've got this foundational teaching of Jesus. We've got the basics from Jesus. Uh, Holy Spirit, can you help us to go deeper? Can you help us to navigate the complexities of what's being thrown at us in our particular time and our particular situation? Now that does present us a challenge where we go, okay, how do we know when we're hearing from the Holy Spirit and how do we know when we're just making stuff up or when we're hearing from some other outside influence? And I'm going to do a St. John's Extra video in this coming week. Let's just going to talk about that in a little bit of detail. So if you haven't subscribed to St. John's Extra, do go to stjohnsdc.org.au, sign up for that, and you can get that video uh, later during the week. It is interesting. If you were to do a, a word study on the word spirit in the original biblical languages, you would find that that word is very much connected with the idea of breath. The breath of God. And it's a fantastic illustration for thinking about the Holy Spirit. And it's an illustration I encourage you to always have in your mind when you're thinking about the Holy Spirit. See, what's the first thing a baby does when a baby's born? They take their first breath. And then what about at the end of life? Only a few weeks ago, I was sitting with a number of family members with my nan when she died and we knew that her life had come to an end when she had stopped breathing she had taken her final breath breath is just absolutely essential to human life try holding your breath it won't be long before your body starts fighting you on that and insisting that you continue to breathe that's why it's such a powerful image for the Holy Spirit, such a powerful connection to the Word Spirit. And then when Jesus says in John chapter 14 that the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, is going to come and live in us, that just takes that illustration to a whole new level. It's like the goal of Christian life is to live the way of Jesus in a in a way that it becomes as natural as breathing. Uh, that, and that's, the Holy Spirit is there to help us to do that. So if you think about it, we don't, we don't have to think about breathing. It's not an intellectual exercise. We don't have to get up and plan to breathe. 
<laughs> you know, it just happens. We just do it. You're breathing right now. You didn't plan to. It's not something you have to put in the diary. It just happens. And the Holy Spirit is given to us so that living the way of Jesus can become as natural as breathing. And, and to help us just to get the rhythm of doing that, of living like Jesus, become as a day-to-day thing, a moment-to-moment thing. You know, some, it, you know, when Jesus said that the Spirit is going to be reminding us of the teaching of Jesus, it's not so that you can you know, ace some church exam. There are plenty of people who know heaps about the Bible, who have heaps of biblical knowledge, who tell you all sorts of facts about the Bible, but who I would not recommend as a role model for following Jesus. Because even though they know lots about Jesus, they're not particularly great at following him. They're not particularly good at applying the teaching of Jesus to their day-to-day life. And yet there will be other people who are illiterate, who can't read the Bible and who don't have access to a full copy of the Bible, maybe because they live in a part of the world where the, owning a Bible is illegal, who I would absolutely recommend as a role model for following Jesus because they live and breathe the ways of Jesus. They are, if you like, in step with the Holy Spirit. It's one of my favourite uh, quotable quotes from the Bible, Galatians 5, 25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And that's what you're looking for. If you're looking for someone who's a good role model in the Christian life, nobody's perfect, nobody's going to nail it 100%, but you're looking for someone who just has that living with Jesus day by day. Um, they're in step with the Spirit. It's like breathing for them. That's the sort of person you want to be looking up to. They don't necessarily have to be a big brain. They don't have to necessarily have absorbed all the knowledge and encyclopedic you know, memory of the Bible. But are they living with the ways of Jesus day by day? That's the sort of person you want to be looking to as a Christian role model. So if you look at today's passage and you go, you know what? I'd love the sort of peace that Jesus talks about in my life. And Jesus seems to have an amazing, uh, loving relationship with God the Father. And I'd love to have that sort of uh, love with God in my life. And he talks about freedom from fear here. And I'd love to have that sort of freedom in my life too. Then that's great. And the good news is that you don't have to earn that. Jesus just wants to give it to you for free. You don't have to pass an exam. You don't have to achieve a certain amount of information about Jesus, a certain knowledge of Christianity before you can receive those things. All you need to do is put your trust in Jesus and you'll start to receive these things, these good gifts that God wants to give you. Now, I do recommend getting more information about Jesus. So I do recommend reading the Bible, particularly the books specifically about Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And the book of Acts, which shows what the Holy Spirit was doing through those first followers of Jesus. So that's a great starting point if you're new to reading the Bible. But as you do read the Bible, and this counts for whether you're new to the reading the Bible or whether you're very experienced with it, 
Don't treat it like junk food, just hoofing it down, you know, and, and then moving on as quickly as possible. And don't treat it like you're cramming for an exam, just trying to get as much in there as possible, you know, to get your information quota as high as you possibly can. It's not the way we should be treating God's word. We should be soaking it up and then allowing the Holy Spirit to work it deep into our souls. Learning as a spiritual exercise. I'm going to finish by praying for us now. And I encourage you as we do pray uh, to breathe deeply, just as a way of reminding us that God's Spirit is active in the world right now, is active in whatever room of your house you're in right now, or wherever you're watching this. Uh, reminding us of that image of the Spirit being like the breath of God. So I encourage you to breathe deep as we pray. I'll leave a bit of space as we do this prayer. and encourage you just to engage with your relationship with God wherever you're at in that relationship right now and see what God might say to you right now. Thank you, Jesus, for what you taught to those original disciples 2,000 years ago. And thank you that when you finished that time on earth, you didn't just leave them alone and leave us alone, that you sent your spirit. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are with us now. And for every person watching, we invite you right now to keep on teaching. Teach us about your love. Teach us the ways of Jesus. And take us deeper in these things. Help us overcome the obstacles that are before us. Anxiety, fear, confusion, apathy, fatigue, addiction. Bring us freedom from these things, we ask. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek. 